Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man on. He is um, a great Republican, District 1 Republican, great state of Florida. And he's in, he's in the, the, I think, the crosshairs of some, and he's being applauded by others. It's Matt Gates. Matt, how are you? Good to see you. Hey, I'm great. I think we've got a real opportunity to rebuild this Republican majority as a yeah. fighting force, a fighting force we haven't been over the last nine months, but with great options like Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise uh, to choose from for Speaker of the House, I know that the best is yet to come. It, Matt, what you did this week was historic, and I, I backed you 100%. We were in some spaces on X together. Actually, you let me question you on there. You've been very accessible to the American people through this entire thing, yet there are some people from your party, from the Republican side in the House, who say you did it to get hits on, on Twitter, or you did it to get some more TV appearances. Matt, I'll be honest with you. You're one of the most dynamic people in the Congress, and anybody who's got a brain would want you on television, so you being accessible to that isn't a negative on you. It's a positive for your district. How do you respond to people who have attacked you for being, I don't know, somehow a, a spotlight um, a hound in this whole thing? Uh, honestly, Joe, I, I pity them, because far too many of my colleagues are up here, and each and every day... They gauge success or failure based on the favors that they do for the lobbyists, PACs, and special interests who fund their campaigns. Members of Congress often spend most of their day dialing for dollars. And when you're not dialing for dollars, you are uh, really attending to the strings that come attached to a lot of the lobbyist money. And I've disrupted that ecosystem. Admittedly, people are raw and sore about it. But at the end of the day, my job is to put the interests of the American people first. And I didn't think that was happening. This wasn't good enough. As I said on the House floor, if your argument is that Kevin McCarthy had exceeded every expectation, we definitely need to set higher expectations. Yes. And and I don't run trick plays here. I, I, it's right up the middle. In January, I came on this program and I talked with you about the things we were fighting for, getting right. a vote on term limits, getting the January 6 tapes released, having single subject spending bills, having a budget. For the first time in the United States Congress since the mid-90s, like the law requires. And the mainstream media call me extreme and they call me far right and a hardliner because I just want us to follow the law. And when Kevin McCarthy failed to do that, when he backed us up against shutdown politics like every speaker does when they want to control uh, every decision regarding the ongoing funding of every aspect of the government, well, I did what I was duty-bound to do, and now we've got to do something better, and we've got to put downward pressure on this spending. Uh, Matt, i got to ask you a question right, right, right up front. Did you want to do what you did Monday? No. I really wish that we had not come to this point. My, my extreme preference would have been that Kevin McCarthy would have been faithful to the deal and would have had the 12 single-subject spending bills in order. Matter of fact, on August 31st, I went to the floor and I laid out the areas where Speaker McCarthy was in breach of our agreement, and I stated clearly that whether or not he would face a motion to vacate was entirely within his own control. Right. Because I wasn't asking him to do something that the Senate couldn't agree to or Biden couldn't agree to. That wouldn't have been fair to him. But he wouldn't do the things under his own control to ensure that uh, that, that commitment was met. And yeah. in Washington, everyone accepts the lies and the false promises, but the American people deserve better, and I'm here to make sure they get it. I had Senator Rand Paul on earlier this week. I asked him about this entire thing. This was before the vote to vacate happened, but it was the same day. And Rand said exactly what you just said. He said if McCarthy offers up 12, 12 individual issues that we can debate on each one of them, he's not going to be in trouble today. Why don't you think he did that? Well, because there's this theory of the imperial speakership, right? Okay. That if you blow through the calendar, don't do the work on time, that if the individual members of Congress are backed up against a shutdown, which really 
we should not have. I am not pro shutdown. Some people are pro shutdown. I'm not pro shutdown. But if you back members against that fear that they will just be willing to accept a paradigm where you take one up or down vote on funding the entire government of the United States of America. And when you do that, all of the decisions about programmatic analysis get made at the level of the speaker or the high ranking appropriations committee members. And so let's assume you've got like a, a military weapon system that doesn't right. work. But if you can go buy off those people with enough contributions, it'll never go away. Or even if there's an, a program anywhere else in the government that's not efficacious, uh, it can continue to exist in perpetuity and with even more money under the existing system, not the system that I want, which is actually the system laid out in U.S. statutes. Gates.house.gov uh, slash firebrand. He is the firebrand. It's District 1 Republican, great state of Florida, Matt Gates. So uh, you and I talked about this the other night in that X um, um, uh, space. And people should go on X or Twitter and look at these spaces because you, you, you are, are, are like to jump in there, which I think is amazing. And you have access to all, you brought 4,000 people, I think, with. It was about a 200-member um, space before you jumped in. But I asked you this directly. Why didn't you think about voting to vacate when Kevin McCarthy offered $1.5 to to increase the debt ceiling and ended up getting rolled by Joe Biden towards in and there's no there's no debt ceiling at all until March 2025. Um, did you think about doing it then? And I thought your answer was pretty pertinent. Well, I I think the fairest criticism of me is that I did not do this soon enough. Right. Because that debt limit deal was really the original sin. But I want you to know, I'll bring you in the room. What Kevin McCarthy said to us after he made that deal, he said, "Well, that's that's a maximum spending top line." We're not going to appropriate to the maximum. That's just the limit. You don't have to always go to the limit. We could go under the limit. So I'm telling you guys, my fellow House Republicans, that we'll be well below that limit. Meanwhile, he was telling the Senate and Joe Biden something very different. And, right. and they came away with that with a different understanding. I think that's why every Democrat voted to get rid of McCarthy, because even if they didn't like me, and, and trust me, it is not an easy thing for House Democrats to vote with Matt Gates. Right. Uh, they understood him to be a person who made multiple contradictory promises. So uh, maybe it would have been better to do it earlier. But I, I wanted to believe the best in Kevin McCarthy that we would actually utilize these tools to do uh, spending cuts. But I kind of knew when we went for a six-week vacation in the month of August that he was never really serious about doing the bills. Well, I was confused about that, Matt, because it would have been very easy, in my opinion, and I'm not in Washington, maybe this is a dumb, uh, dumb assertion, but I thought it would be very easy. Here's the spending bill, Senate. Have a nice day. We're going to go on vacation now. We're going to go back to our district and do the work in the district. Um, we now have done our job as the House. We hold the purse strings. This is what we're willing to give you as a budget. Now, you fight about it. And guess what? If the government shuts down, Chuck, it's on you, Schumer. It's not on us. Before going away for six weeks, why didn't you do that? Literally, Kevin McCarthy gave Chuck Schumer the ability to come up with a bill in the Senate, get it passed, call it a CR, and, and now say the House is going to be at fault if we close the government. That, would, that was such a bad move, in my opinion. Your thoughts? I think you're exactly right. And, and I think that, that uh, your thinking pretty closely aligns to President Trump's thinking. Because if we would have built leverage around a high-quality work product that we had developed, I think we could have engaged the United States Senate on terms that were very favorable to the American people. If we had 221 House Republicans unified in a message that continuing resolutions and omnibus bills were unacceptable, that only the, the individual review of these agencies was appropriate, well, I think 
the people would be with us. I think senators would have a hard time defending the current system, not only because it's so corrupt, but because we can judge it by its outcomes. Like it, it's not like we can't look at the system we've been governed by since the mid 90s and not say it has failed to constrain government spending. We've been right. downgraded by Fitch. We see the US dollar potentially facing a, a really rough year in 2024. Why do we do this to ourselves? It's because the lobbyists and the special interests have their snouts down in the trough under the current system and they don't want to lose that power and that's why they hate me so much and why they're doing everything they can to expel me or sanction me or do anything else to take me off the board. District 1 Republican, great state of Florida. He's the firebrand. It is uh, Matt Gates. He brought the vote and the debate to vacate, ended up vacating uh, Speaker McCarthy. It, it looks like it could be Jim Jordan. It looks like it could be Steve Scalise. A lot of people are asking about Donald Trump. I'll ask you about that in a second. Before I do that, though, Lee Stefanik, who I like, she represents a district where I used to live in uh, the capital region of New York. But I found it very odd that her argument was that Kevin McCarthy got it done to lower energy prices. We're seeing the highest prices we've seen in a long time. He got it done to close the border. The border is a sieve. I mean, I live in Texas now, Matt. I mean, we've got seven to eight million new new neighbors here in Texas that we didn't want. Um, what were they talking about? People on your side were trying to say, look at how successful Kevin McCarthy has been, when, as you just said a little while ago, he's never really used the leverage that he has. You guys said get rid of the 87,000 IRS agents. We're still going to have 87,000 new IRS agents because no leverage was used against Chuck Schumer nor Biden to get it done. So what did you think when they came out trying to say he's accomplished all this stuff? Yeah, I too like Elise Stefanik, but her speech uh, sounded like a chat GPT hallucination <laughs> because it was an alternate reality that we do not live in. Uh, and that's really one of the grave sins of the Republicans in the House uh, during this time. We've been too willing to accept uh, messaging bills as our agenda that die in the Senate and too unwilling to utilize must-pass bills to enact the elements of our agenda into law so they impact right. the, the lives of our, our countrymen. And there are certain bills that have to pass, the national defense bill, the debt limit bill, the, the budget at the end of the fiscal year. And if we were smart and if we utilized uh, those pressure points to be able to get our single subject bills taken up and to get a lot of the woke and weaponized feature of this government uprooted, I think that we would have the greatest opportunity to go and win bigger majorities going forward. Yeah. Uh, I've heard the criticism from my colleagues, oh, Matt Gates, because of all this disruption, he's taken away any opportunity for us to win the majority. Listen, the American people will stand with us if they see us fighting for them. Yes. But if we just continue to send out press releases about bills that are fictions that never become law, they start to think we are unserious, and then they will not show up for us. That is what I know as a 12-year lawmaker. Well, exactly right. The American people are sick and tired of hearing people claim victory, but there are no spoils ever. Right. It doesn't make any sense. If you won, why why am I paying three seventy a gallon in Texas or $8 a gallon in L.A.? If you won, why, why do we have so many people pouring across the border every night to the point that Biden is now going to build a border wall he said he wouldn't build? So, I mean, people are sick of the fake claims of victory. Actually do the work. Uh, Matt, I'm sure you've seen this on social media. I put up a, a video asking people if they had questions for you. First First question on everybody's mind is, even on an interim basis, is President Trump in the running to be the Speaker of the House? Uh, I don't think that he is. Uh, I think he's coming up here for other purposes. But yeah. President Trump is the leader of our party, and I am thrilled 
at the reports I've seen that he plans to come and address the Republican conference. And that'll be a unifying, exciting moment. We're so excited to see him back in the White House. And honestly, I'm out here prepping the battlefield for him. Yeah. I remember what it was like when Donald Trump was president, but we had the failures of Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell really hampering the successes of the Trump administration. I'm trying to make sure that we're better prepared in Congress for the second term of Donald Trump than we were the first term. How scary and how bothersome is it to you, Matt, that you've got people like Mitch McConnell and other so-called Republicans that are now using the term, the pejorative term, MAGA Republicans this and MAGA Republicans that? I mean, why do they so want to, to separate our own party? They are afraid of us. Uh, the, the Mitt Romney, Mitch McConnell wing of the Republican Party hoped that this energetic, populist wave would wash over them and would be uh, dissipated in the sands of history by now. But the truth is we are ascendant as a movement and yeah. we are draw pe drawing people in. It's our ideas in the America First movement that are filling the stadiums and that are animating people to get involved and get excited and to run for school board and to demand uh, that we enact some of these spending reforms and ethics reforms that I've been fighting for. Uh, another question that comes up all the time that I have, and you actually mentioned the January 6th tapes earlier in this interview. Kevin McCarthy promised he would release them. He never really did. Even Tucker Carlson didn't get them. You can go and monitor them on some monitor somewhere and maybe take a, a quick piece of video here and there. Will we get full access to the thousands of hours of video that many believe would exonerate a lot of people who have been convicted for J6? Will we see those videos? Will you push the new speaker to do what McCarthy said he would do? Yes, I, I went to the vigil, vigil at the D.C. jail, and I was there, you know, uh, praying with family members and loved ones and just concerned Americans who see many of these J6 prisoners as political prisoners. And there are those uh, among that class who, who would qualify uh, for that definition. So I am going to strongly, strongly encourage both Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise uh, to make as part of their campaign for speaker that they will release the January 6 tapes. If I get an opportunity at their candidate forum for speaker, I intend to ask that question uh, to both of them uh, so that it, they're on record. And wouldn't it be a great thing if both of them said they were going to release the J6 tapes? That way, no matter which one won, the American people win. It would be amazing. The debate continues Tuesday. The vote will happen next Wednesday. You've mentioned them both. I, I don't feel like you're taking a side. Do, do you have a favorite? Well, I, I, I see very positive qualities in both Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise. Jim Jordan is a personal mentor of mine. I, I hero worship Jim Jordan. I serve on the Judiciary Committee with him, and in many ways I've tried to style my service after uh, what I see as the best in Jim Jordan. At the same time, Steve Scalise has got one of the most inspirational stories in all of American politics. The guy got shot and came back. If anyone shot me, I would be going home. I'd right. be hanging out with Ginger in Florida. That's but, right. uh, but, you know, Steve loves this place so much and believes in this place so much, he wanted to get back here. So I want to talk to both of them, Joe, about how they think about the strategy on spending. And uh, since I think both are great men, I really want to see the plan and the vision. And I expect to have more conversations with both of them in the coming days uh, to see where that lies. Get his book. It's called Firebrand. Go and check out his podcast everywhere. It's amazing. He does better than I do. I'm kind of jealous of how well he does on the podcast. It's Matt Gates, District 1 Republican, great state of Florida. What is job one? Let's say it's Jordan. Let's say it's good. First of all, if it's Jordan, can he continue as the chairman of the committee or not? Well, I, I guess technically 
Joe Cannon was the speaker and the head of the rules committee, but I think the speaker of the house has a lot going on and Jim would likely uh, would likely leave that work to someone like my colleague, Mike Johnson of Louisiana, who's just such a terrific lawyer. It's amazing to watch him run circles around Jamie Raskin and, uh, and some of the Democrats. But uh, the on ongoing oversight work is happening right now. We matter of fact had a transcribed interview just today of some of the folks that were concerned or involved in the censorship industrial complex that's yeah. limiting the ability for the American people to see an honest exchange of ideas. So, uh, you know, we we think about job one in terms of the funding of the government because we are currently in a bad continuing resolution right now. Right. I mean, think about that, Joe. Right now, Republicans have control of the House of Representatives, yet we voted to extend all of the spending of Joe Biden and all the policies of Nancy Pelosi. It's That's a bad, we gotta get out of that. So getting out of that is job one for sure. That means getting our remaining bills. Now we've already passed enough bills to fund 70% of the United States government. Uh, and we gotta get to that other 30%. We do that and then we force Chuck Schumer and the United States Senate to negotiate these things line by line, program by, by program, uh, one at a time, not as one big smushed together mess. I've got 15 or 20 seconds left with Matt Gates. Matt, just a quick comment on the fact that the Biden administration now says we don't have, we don't want to, and it's not effective. But we have to build the wall because the law from 2019 says we have to. They bypassed every law on the books. Period. When it comes to immigration, suddenly they have to build the wall. What's the game here? The Overton window is shifting. The American people of all pol political stripes urban, rural, blue state, red state, everyone is seeing the impact of Joe Biden's border policies. And he realizes that uh, he's a sinking, sinking uh, political figure with yeah. what with the invasion that we're observing. Incredible courage this week, Matt. It's District 1 Republican uh, Matt Gates. Go get his book, Firebrand, gates.house.gov slash firebrand. My show is your show anytime, brother. Appreciate what you did this week. All right. Thanks, man. And if, hey, if I'm not back here with you, definitely we'll be chatting on spaces. A hundred percent. We'll see you there. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Hopefully you caught the entire interview with Matt Gates. If not, we'll put it up on Rumble later on tonight. You can watch the entire thing. I asked him all the questions that you wanted and then some. And he gave us very direct, very straight answers. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Much more to come. Keep it here. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pegg Show.